Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the Yahoo Sports College Podcast with Dan Wetzel. You remember like the Gulf War made Wolf Blitzer's career? I feel like <laughs> covering the back and forth of the chicken war is going to launch me. Maybe one day Sports Illustrated want to hire me. <laughs> Pete Thamel. A minivan pulls up clearly filled with like overserved suburban parents. And a woman picks up her shirt and flashes me from the back of a minivan. <laughs> and SI's Pat Forty. Think of November. We got LSU Alabama. We got the playoff rankings. And we got the chicken wars back. This is going to be awesome. Here's Pat, Pete, and Dan. All right. I like that open. Prairie View AM Marching Storm bringing it in. Good upgrade there, Sully. Nice job. Nice job. All right. This is a big week. We have a lot of news, and not all of it is about chicken sandwiches. We'll get to that. We want to start with some personal or professional or something news. We want you to hear about this directly from us so we can cut out any misinformation, <laughs> baseless, baseless speculation, <laughs> or outright falsehoods that the lamestream media might present. <laughs> no fake news here. Uh, as a warning, stay calm. We do not want this item to incite riots, street violence, arson, or looting of any kind, unless you're completely desperate and it's a liquor store. <laughs> You'd still have to go to jail, but we'd at least understand the podcast will be fine. I repeat, the podcast will be fine. At 40. What the hell are you doing? Our beloved colleague here at Yahoo is leaving us to head to this fancy New York magazine, some little operation called Sports Illustrated. I hope you cashed in, buddy. That's all I'm going to say. He will not... <laughs> be writing directly for the Yahoo Sports website anymore, but he will continue to appear on the podcast. That's the most important thing. You'll be on the podcast unless you get drunk at the Sierra Nevada brewery. <laughs> that That's already occurred. That's <laughs> happened. And that's why I was not on the Monday overreaction podcast. Yeah, that's good. It happens. Got to tie one on every once in a while. So look, we're going to miss working alongside with you. We correctly predicted, Pat, that you didn't have the technological savvy to actually listen to the Monday Overreaction podcast. Oh, so hell no. We did, yeah. did, we did, cover, we did cover your absence. Uh, okay, I, I'm sure you did. I'm sure there was much slander involved. But, uh, <laughs> no, I, only facts about your picks. They didn't go well again. <laughs> really? Imagine that. <laughs> yes, no, it's true. The rumors are true. Uh, as Dan has alluded to, I am uh, going to work at Sports Illustrated starting Friday. November 1st, the good news for, yes, for the podcast listeners, maybe it's good news, maybe it's not, that I am staying with the pod. We are keeping the integrity of the pod intact. I figure without means nobody's going to be able to, to check Pete's grandiose self-congratulations for his picks. <laughs> nobody's going to be able to keep Wetzel in control of the uh, storylines and the, and the podcast rundown or to tell him his glasses are crooked. You know, I serve a, an important purpose here. 
Don't tell me otherwise. And so the pod continues. The Yahoo Sports in, in one small burst of, of uh, sincerity. The, uh, the Yahoo experience has been unbelievable. Working with you guys has been just incredible. And I will miss that. But I'm looking forward to doing what I'm going to do next with the mag and with the website. And I'll get to actually cover events with you guys probably now instead of uh, one of us being one place and some of us the other. So that'll be a good thing. But again, podcast remains intact. Walrus attacks, bison attacks, <laughs> beer theft, <laughs> all the important stuff will still be covered. Carry on. You know what's going to be great? is absolutely destroying your SI expense credit card. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Pete already melted that... down the whole franchise when he was there, I think. So. Yeah. Are you going to have that Amex secured by the time uh, we're, we're in Alabama for the LSU game, Pat? I'm, sh- I'm just curious, asking for a friend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. TBD. TBD. Drinks All with right. sources. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fortunately, they're relatively inexpensive drinks in Alabama. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think Unless they have, have a nine lot of dollar beers there. At, at that point, you'll probably be mathematically eliminated from the uh, race for the case. <laughs> so I just, you know, it may save you money to have Sports Illustrated buy uh, buy a couple rounds of drinks. So uh, we, uh, we we appreciate that. You know, just so our listeners know, uh, Pat was Pat was not sent out from Yahoo because his picks have been so bad. I've seen that conspiracy theory online. That is not the case. <laughs> Producer Sully did not try a bloodless coup to take over for Pat. These are not true. Do not believe what you've been reading. Tap 40 is not an actual person who we recruited to the podcast, the opposite of Pat's picks, who if you've been betting Tap 40, by the way, you're not even listening to the pod anymore. You're you're living in the Caymans, trying to avoid taxes. You're feeling really good. But no, Tap 40, not a real person, uh, which, you know, he would have been a pretty high candidate if he was alive to replace Pat, but thankfully we don't have to replace Pat. We have our friend. That's right. That's, so you get two for the price of one with me. You get Pat, you get Tap. <laughs> you know. Get it all. In these times of corporate austerity, that's much appreciated. See? So, Good work, yeah, Pat. Right. Good work. Good work. I'm a friggin' corporate boon. Yeah. <laughs> Secure the credit card, Pat. Secure the credit card. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Since we've already mentioned Bama LSU, it's still a week away, but it is the game yeah. of the century for this year, as Pete likes to call it. I do have this little item, which I thought was interesting. Sports betting AG. Some, some PR guy's got my email and he sends me these lines like 700 times a day. But I'm now going to re- now I'm pay- paying him back for for flooding my email. <laughs> but they did send this out. The early line for the showdown between the country's top-ranked teams, has Alabama as a nine-and-a-half. There's no way. This is according to uh, – the. let's see, let me read this. If Alabama's more than a touchdown imagine. favorite than LSU, all right? On October 10th, the Tigers were plus nine-and-a-half. So they're uh, – Bama's – this is not well-written. Bama is uh, – <laughs> I should have read through this before I decided to dictate it. <laughs> what, who you get is what you paid for, Dan. Who is sending me this? Anyway. They've got Alabama. I can't believe the gambler emails aren't well written. As a nine and a half point favorite on a neutral field, the game is at Alabama, of course, and they don't. The unknown status of Tua has left it at that spot. "Quote: We kind of middled the line, not knowing if Tua is going to be out there or not. If he plays the spread, we'll get to around negative ten. If he doesn't, look for it to settle around negative seven. He's worth three to four points to the number." Wow. They, uh, okay. Are they watching the same season we're watching? Do they really think Alabama is that manifestly superior to LSU? I do not. I don't. I mean, they're not watching the same season you're watching because all your picks are wrong, <laughs> and these guys have an actual <laughs> company. Well, maybe they are watching it because they came up with a ludicrous line. I mean, maybe the the betting AG and I are both on Pluto here. I don't get it. I get it in the sense of the historical dominance of this now now remember yeah, people people bet on brands they're not like dialed into joe brady's impact on the offense right this is the kind of game it's like notre dame lines are always wacky because people bet on notre dame because they like live in new york city and they're irish you know so 
I think people are betting on Bama against LSU because basically Les Miles trained them to do so. And Ed Orgeron, quite frankly, has trained them to do so. And they couldn't, as coaches like to say, piss a drop last year on offense in this game. Things have certainly changed for LSU. I, I'm very open to acknowledge that. LSU quarterback Joe Burrow, the 50-year senior transfer from Ohio State, has completed 20% more passes this year than last year. And he's already nearly doubled his touchdown total from 16 to 30. I mean, Joe Burrow, I've not seen a quarterback just evolve, change, develop this much in a season. Some of Joe Burrow's success has to be pointed to, to Joe Brady. There's also better receivers than LSU has had in years, and they're also using them, which, which helps. Like, look, LSU's better. I think the line would be smaller, but I get why it's not because people are betting on Bama because, like, they've been betting on Bama like zombies for the last 15 years because of Saban. I'm seeing a lot of uh, LSU plus six and a half. So this is a yeah. much higher than that, obviously. If you can get 10, my God. Um, that really just uh, that surprises me. I thought this was a Bama minus three if Tua, you know, is deemed, you know, he's going to start. I mean, without Tua, I, I would take it the other way. Well, that, that is interesting, Pete. I'm sure you're what you're saying is has some merit as far as just the intrinsic nature of this being a Bama-dominated rivalry and people being accustomed to always betting Bama and Bama always covering. Man, oh man, I don't know. I watch these teams and I don't see it that way. That one one quick note from. MF just MF on uh, Twitter. As long as the pod continues and you are still mean, we are all happy. So <laughs> there's our mandate. Remain mean. All right. Every team. We have sucks. assurances you'll be mean, Pat. Or can we be confident? <laughs> well, I was just going to say this. There was a column on AL.com this morning that brought up an interesting kind of pod topic. And again, we'll have more time to talk about Bam LSU, but I think this is something interesting to ponder. If you're Alabama and you have a sense that you will be in the top four of the playoff and Tua is not going to be 100% healthy or close to 100% healthy, do you play him hobbled or do you play Mac Jones Ooh. and feel like you have 100% assurances you'd get in with one loss, that you would be that top one loss team? It's an interesting season for this debate because, quite frankly, Bama doesn't have any other good wins. You know, they, they still need to go down to Auburn and win, which would be a great win, certainly. Auburn's a, Auburn's a very good football team. But Bama usually had played a marquee opponent out of conference. This year they chose Duke. And there, there just hasn't been that stand on the table, you know, impress the committee win. So I think this year it would be riskier to do it than other years. What, what do you guys think? Do you think that's too bold of strategy? I mean, look, yeah, if, if Saban gets mad about questions about playing Talia against Arkansas, he's going to play two if two is – 70%. I mean, I, I don't think there's any doubt. I, I think it's way too risky a strategy. Um, nothing guaranteed at this point. I, I think you have to play him. And, and if he doesn't play, if you lose the game, no matter what, you say he wasn't 100%. <laughs> I mean, whether he was or not, you say it. You see this. Uh, okay, first off, there's absolutely no way Nick Saban is going to yeah. walk into a game not trying to win a game. I mean, just right. not going to. It goes against the the core ethos of every single football coach. But you see this already with this possibility. Like, let's say Alabama is 11-0, uh, and 0, and they're playing Auburn in the last week of the season, and they've already got the SEC West wrapped up. They could easily rest their starters against Auburn so that everyone's fresh when they play Georgia the week later, a game they might have to win, Okay or let's, especially if they already have a lot, something like that, right? You, you see this all the time. Nobody ever does it because the fans and the recruiting, I mean, everything goes into it. You just couldn't possibly do it. So I don't, I mean, it's an interesting strategy. Like we have said, I think LSU, particularly if they lose this game in close fashion, is in really good shape for the playoff anyway because they've got the win over Florida. They've got the win over Auburn. They've got the win at Texas, and they would be their only loss would be at Alabama, where they're about a touchdown underdog. But even then, LSU's got it. You, you would it's a risky play, so I think you, you they're going to play them obviously and try to win the game no matter what they're doing. Yeah, no, that's you're right. The, the team that can afford the loss for sure here is much more LSU than Alabama, in my opinion. 
them. Alabama, it'd be risky. So I I expect I expect Tua to play. But well, no, it's under bubble wrap. There's not been a lot of updates on AL.com. They're, they're, <laughs> the poor guys have just run out of stuff to write about. There's only two ankles and one's hurt. And, I mean, it's just not that much. I don't know. But we, as I predicted, we have not seen a lot of pictures from campus of him wandering around. He is he is twenty four seven under bubble wrap. Yeah, you're right. He probably is a sweet in the, in the training room. Excuse me. Yeah. He probably does. It's yeah, and they and they like they they've they've devoted like seven of their analysts of their forty some analysts just to Tua. You know, do you need grapes? We can get you grapes. Do you need a straw? We'll get you a straw. Don't move. Just stay in the hyperbaric chamber. They're staring at his ankle all day, just looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not working on special teams this week. I'm massaging the back of the ankle. And then you're right. like, well, I got the opposite ankle because we don't want that to get stiff. That's right. Don't want him off balance. Well, perhaps yeah. what will help the healing process is if Tua sends the staff out on Sunday to get a Popeye's chicken sandwich because it's back, baby. <laughs> the company has announced it and they're rolling it out on Sunday as a broadside attack on Chick-fil-A. <laughs> The chicken wars are upon us, guys. Pray we survive. <laughs> Popeye's famously ran out of their chicken sandwich this summer. Pat Forty did get one. He was a big celebrity then. We'll see whether the uh, Popeye's people care about you when you're at SI. I, don't... Mm. <laughs> I may have damaged my brand at the Popeye's window. Yeah, That's yeah. possible. <laughs> Highfalutin East Coast media. <laughs> They're like, I remember you and used to be something. Yeah. You don't get any special. You get, they're not going to make the sandwich special for you. They're just going to grab it from the tray and slap it down. <laughs> Yahoo is of the people. And they're going to make me pay full price. Yeah, We are of the people, man. It's free. You get what you pay it's for, true. but it's free. <laughs> anyway, Popeye's is stocked up on an arsenal of their special chicken patties. Franchises have hired more people, including cooks that will be solely dedicated to making the sandwich. They think they can handle this. How fired up are we here? I'm going to go with Pete first because I don't like Pat anymore. So, Pete, how fired up are you? <laughs> I mean, I'm fired up. I uh, Living in Boston, we do not exactly have a preponderance of Popeyes here. So I have, I have dedicated my November to being on the road somewhere, likely in the Birmingham, Tuscaloosa area in the next couple of weeks. I have dedicated myself to going to a sandwich. Pat. If we do, if you do end up at Alabama and we end up together, which is a very likely scenario, if we go to Popeyes, I'll pay for it, and then Whoa. when we go to the then we go to the Highlands for dinner, Sports <laughs> Illustrated can pay for it. Is that yeah. a deal? That's a, a deal? great deal. I great. think that's a pretty good deal. That's, that's a pretty worse good deal. Than what was the sale of Manhattan? Twenty four dollars and some beads <laughs> or something? I mean, that is yeah. it's it's my Louisiana purchase in honor of LSU. All right, it's Louisiana <laughs> chicken. Yeah. 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 There we go. No, it's uh. It's big, man. I, you know, I, like the ceasefire between the chicken brands was was boring. I, I, it, it hurt the podcast. <laughs> you know, that took a, a wheelhouse topic away from us. So I'm very excited to have it back. We have, think of November. We got LSU Alabama. We got the playoff rankings. And we got the chicken wars back. This is going to be awesome. One of the famed questions is, why is this chicken sandwich so popular? Did a little research. Accordingly, they bring in fresh chicken patty, or the chicken breast is fresh, not frozen, okay. seasoned with flour and spicy mayo. I'm not a big mayo. I don't like mayo. Big mm. mayo bothers me. It's mayo. <laughs> they throw mayo on everything. It's like arbitrary. There is special breading and special seasoned batter. It's separate from the other batter at Popeye's. Well, maybe they should bread See? everything in this special batter. I'm not a not a chicken expert, but uh, the whole different batter and flour makes it special. This is according to somebody at Popeye's. The chicken breast filet, once the chicken is fried, is served on a buttered brioche bun with mayo and pickles. The pickles are also, they have a special pickle. I don't know. It's kind yeah. of pickling. Yeah, so. there there are better pickles than Chick Fil A's pickles. I'm here to tell you. Well, as your as your official podcast taste tester of the chicken sandwiches, pretty exciting. It is, man. It's big. We're gonna cover Very this big. thing. We're just like you remember, like the Gulf War made Wolf Blitzer's career. I feel like <laughs> covering the back and forth of the Chicken War is gonna launch me. Maybe one day, Sports Illustrated want to hire me. <laughs> my 
breathless coverage of the chicken war. I, I think actually this should launch your broadcast career. I would like to see you, you know, at the pre-dawn stand-up outside the Popeyes, you know, monitoring the the drive-through lines as they start to build. Crooked glasses, you <laughs> in the morning mist. I got the face for it, man. <laughs> yeah, you, you guys have the face, face for, for podcast. Yeah, face for, for sure. podcast. All right. Also this week, it's Halloween. Janelle, since Pat's quitting, I'd like to tell all the young children in his neighborhood in Louisville that he hands out full bar Snickers. <laughs> Please go to his house. The big one. If he doesn't have, if he runs out of the full bar Snickers, egg, egg him. You have my permission. <laughs> Great. I'm taking this news well, aren't I? Not bitter Inciting at all. Inciting mob violence yeah. in my neighborhood. <laughs> anyway, it's Halloween. I was just talking to someone uh, the other day. He said last year his son dressed up, uh, obviously out of Michigan, but his son dressed up as uh, Mark D'Antonio. I don't think that'll be a popular costume this year. Did he go in a coffin? <laughs> oh, my God. Just to have a guy collecting a huge check. That could be like the Chad Morris costume. Don't even have a... <laughs> Remember, what was it? Brady Hoke who didn't even wear the headset. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. Like, I don't need the yes. headset. I'm like... Belichick needs a headset. (laughs) 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 Saban wears a headset. In in a departure from norms, I actually read the text messages this morning, put some thought into it. And I thought of, we had to, I don't want to spoil it, but we're going to ponder what our college football costumes were. I thought a headset less Brady Hoke would be a pretty good costume because you could also be Fred Flintstone. So it was like a pretty good double, but I have a better one. This is what happens when Pete reads the text. Now he blows yeah. the whole Now he's all of a sudden blowing up the show. <laughs> is it that hard to wait for this? I, I don't mean to, to, to preempt the show, but here I'm going to preempt the show. Oh, because saying that we would dress up for Halloween was just such a such a bit of genius that I ruined it by saying it preemptively. I mean, who would have ever thought? Halloween week, we'd have something Halloween themed right, here. Pete, who, My God, Dan. Who will you dress up for? College football related. If you got to dress up, who are you dressing up for? So in the spirit of this season, <laughs> I just I thought of that off the top as, of my head. It's very organic. I am going to dress up as Eric Dickerson's Camaro <laughs> from his time at SMU. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get a car costume and I'm going to roll in as a 1983 Camaro. I thought it was a Trans Am. They called it the Trans A&M. Maybe it was Trans Am. Because A&M, A&M. That's not a Trans Am, Camaro, same thing, right? <laughs> Sully's like, no. One of the greatest names <laughs> of all time. They said A&M Booster bought him the car, and they called it the Trans A&M. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I was, like, totally prepared, I would have thrown you guys I, off. Other than that, so. you're doing great. Good job. Yeah. God, thank yeah. God Pat's not leaving. All right, I'm back on your side, Pat. <laughs> Who would you dress up as uh, in college football, Pat? I view it this way. You know, these are times where people are very easily offended, so you got to be careful <laughs> about your costumes, right? You, you cannot be offensive with your costumes. So the least offensive person I could be in college football is Northwestern coach Pat Fitzgerald. Because they have the least offensive offense in America, the worst (laughs) offense in college football. They're averaging 10.7 points per game, ass last. They are 129th out of 130 in total offense. They are terrible. So I will be Pat Fitzgerald and not offend anybody. You got to rant about like cell phones or screwing up your offense and stuff like that. Right. Say that I have a, a hashtag I don't care email address. That was a good one. If you wanted to dress up as an aggrieved Northwestern fan, pissed off at coordinator Mick McCall, you would just have to dress up as a sports writer and go to a press box. Mm. <laughs> Those are the only fans I got. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> yes. much it. You'll hear more Mick McCall talk in press boxes and nowhere else. <laughs> I can't believe he hasn't fired him yet. Ah! I'm glad, Pat, that you used the uh, the Halloween bit to rip somebody. That's what I'm. That's what makes this podcast special. Uh, I'm getting uh, Trevor Lawrence hair, man. Sunshine. At the, ah. That stuff is sweet, and you know the ladies love it. Probably the guys, too. I don't care at this point. I want the Trevor Lawrence hair. That's what I'm wearing. It would not be the greatest college football-themed costume ever, however. That would be the Mangino Baby. Do you remember the Mangino <laughs> Baby? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Mangino Baby was a really good costume. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <I'm> extremely good. <laughs> With the mustache drawn <laughs> on the face. <laughs> Terribly like, frightened. <laughs> People in Kansas, man, just ruining their kids. <laughs> I think it was like his own family. You know, I will say 
to Dan's uh, point there, I, I after standing there next to Trevor Lawrence in the Clemson post game after they played Louisville, it's like that dude, he's got it made. <laughs> <laughs> He's six six. He's a stud. He looks great. The hairs. He's got this great chin and everything. You know, he's built great. And then he's going to go make a hundred million dollars. It's good to be Trevor Lawrence. Good to be Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence dressed up like me. That's what we really want. <laughs> All right. So, which coach in America do you think has seen a ghost? Pat, you got any answers on that? Sure. And I'm actually I'm going to co-opt your line on this, but it's Jimbo Fisher, Texas A&M, <laughs> because as you said. He often looks like a scared woodland creature on the sideline. <laughs> uh, he just looks perpetually startled, doesn't he? You know, it's like, oh, oh, oh. So I think that's probably what startled him. He's seen ghosts in the he past. He does. And that's, he's so jittery and jumpy and unnerved on the sideline. He's like, it's third down. Like, yes, it comes yeah. after second down every time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go to the NFL for my answer. Adam Gase looks perpetually like he's seen a ghost. Like that press conference with the Jets – like, we joked oh. about a poltergeist invading Paul Chris's body when he threw on uh, third and five against Illinois. Adam Gase looks like a poltergeist, comes in weekly and sends his eyes in different directions and everything <laughs> like that. And then you got Sam Darnold seeing ghosts because Gase looks possessed on the sidelines. Adam Gase looks like one dude who's like, he like wakes up every morning and sees a ghost. Excellent point, because Sam Darnold did say I'm seeing ghosts, but we, we, we inferred, although I think he explained yeah. it later, that he meant the Patriots defense. Yeah, but it could have been anything. Could have been in his offensive staff room that week. Could have been anything. Yeah. Um, no, that's Belichick. Uh, well, the, the coach that has seen a ghost has got to be Les Miles. I mean, there's no way Les Miles doesn't think he has seen a ghost. He, <laughs> he absolutely thinks he's seen a ghost. I also think Coach Gundy, when you're dropping a couple ambience a night, <laughs> probably have seen some shadows that you think. Uh, are a little something. And that's just the stuff he's admitting to. We don't even know what else he's doing with the ambience. Yeah, right. You know who else? Probably Mike Leach in his previous life as a pirate has seen a ghost or two. Harbaugh. Remember, remember Harbaugh is against eating chicken. Oh, this is, we're wrapping topics oh, together yeah. here. Nervous bird. Yeah, he called the don't eat chicken because it's a nervous bird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of Harbaugh news, if you want something scary, I can I can do this all day. I'm really a good host now. The Chicken <laughs> Wars have inspired me. Sully, play this terrifying clip, please, for us. Speaking of Cleveland, um, you know, a lot of uh, great college coaches don't do well in the pros. Jimmy Johnson, Pete Carroll, exception. But um, there's a guy that was a good college coach that I think was better as a pro coach, and he's right next door to you, Cleveland. His name is Jim Harbaugh, and I think he's the elixir to all of your problems. I'm just saying, take care. Yes, that is OJ Simpson on his Twitter account, pushing the Browns to hire Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh. Freddie Kitchens over at the Browns is an undisciplined mess on his hands. I actually brought this move up earlier in the in the year, Harbaugh to the Browns. Total baseless, uh, just, just coming up with it. But now that you hear the juice is on board with me, me and the juice. <laughs> anybody? You're a any, tastemaker, Dan. Anybody think that? I surround myself with all the deep thinkers. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything more terrifying than have OJ Simpson talk about you? No, no. I mean, that, <laughs> I'd like to remain completely anonymous to OJ Simpson. That's for sure. It's hilarious to me. And it does reinforce that, you know, even in medium security or maximum security or whatever he was, he, there's armchair quarterbacks there too, man. They're talking sports, <laughs> you know, Well, he's free now. Yeah, I know he's free now. Juice is on the I'm loose. Sure he was sitting in there, you know, and I, probably the other the other inmates were coming up to him when he was in the clink and saying, "Hey, man, what do you think of that play over there? What do you what would you have done?" Absolutely. So, Heisman Trophy winner, single season NFL rushing record holder at one point, Hall of Famer, accused murderer, acquitted murderer, convicted on another charge, finally out, and now he's he's become a a a Twitter armchair quarterback. What a life. Twitter star. Sideline reporter. Don't forget sideline reporter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jump through the, he'd run through her, the, the, jumped over the hurdle things and all that. I don't know. One of my favorite totally random fun facts is that Sonny Vaccaro's wife, Pam, was in a Hertz commercial with OJ. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> really? You do this long enough, you pick up some random things. Is that is a random thing. Oh, it's pretty random. She said he was really nice, by the way. According, according to legend at Notre Dame, George Gipp. 
the Gipper, the great Gipper, who rushed for 2,341 yards in his career, a record at Notre Dame that stood for 50 years. It's a long time to hold a rushing record. The Gip was legit, played by Ronald Reagan in a movie. According to Notre Dame lore, he haunts the Washington Hall on campus. Mm. The Gipper is a is a is a ghost. Now he was first. I'm not sure about this. Uh, I, I got. I'm, I'm a little skeptical. It was first uh, spotted in 1925. A student reported the Gip. The Gipper was haunting. How long can if you're a ghost? How long can you haunt something? Don't you have to give it up? <laughs> well, some I point. Mean, it's what you're kind you of eternal, do? aren't you? I mean, if you're a ghost, <laughs> right? I mean, you might get bored by, I, I would be bored by haunting one dormitory for nearly a century, but <laughs> I don't know, you know, I mean, to each ghost his own, right? I missed, I missed the part of the email when we played, if I was a ghost, <laughs> this is who I would haunt. <laughs> got to plan ahead. You got to plan ahead for this stuff. Sure. What, <laughs> what stadium would you haunt if you were a ghost? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> well, I'll get to that. I got a couple. Okay. Okay. Case. Right. Oh, I didn't know that was. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't read the rundown, Dan. I just I just looked at the text. I don't give you guys all. all the info because you'll just it'll get Kansas State's World War One Memorial Stadium, which is not the one they use now. That is the Snyder Family Stadium. They have this other stadium on campus, which alone is totally freaky. Nothing like an empty, an abandoned stadium is scary. <laughs> That's a yeah, it's scary. Uh, some say they've seen a white hazy shadow lurking behind curtains. That is probably Bill Snyder, actually, himself. That could have been. <laughs> that describes. I think I know who it is. <laughs> that's not a ghost. That's Bill. He, <laughs> he just came over from the other stadium. If he's still wearing that he's... windbreaker from the 1990s and the shoes from the 90s, then we know for sure. <laughs> he's too. He's too humble to go to the stadium named after him. So he just goes to the other stadium. <laughs> Pretends he's. He's calling third and three dive plays. Yeah. Uh, supposedly, so they they have a theater there, the Purple Mass Theater at K State, and apparently this presence knocks over equipment during late night rehearsals or mysteriously slams doors. Uh, it is believed to be a a, a a former student and soldier named Edward Eddie Wells, popular student wow. according to this, died fighting in World War One, fighting on the Western Front dies a hero wow here's my question can you how did a ghost get back from europe to get to kansas can a ghost go over the sea <laughs> again ghosts don't have a lot of limitations man you know they <laughs> they can be eternal they can travel you know they just kind of fly around you've seen like charlie brown halloween right great pumpkin wow. if ghosts fly around and stuff you know they have much more better ease of movement than we do oh here the gipper did not live in washington hall i'm just seeing this but he would sneak in the building when he missed curfew at his dormitory. Huh. Ah, the Gip was out working the uh, ladies uh, of South yeah. Bend, huh? Yeah, the Gipper was a was a player. Yeah, you know? I mean, if you read about <laughs> him, he like he wouldn't go to class. He'd go to the pool halls and hustle money and stuff. Yeah. So legend has it uh, the Washington Hall was locked one night, so he slept outside of it and contact contracted pneumonia, and that killed him. So that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. The Gipper was, he, he was not quite the all-American that Ronald Reagan made him out to be, if you ever saw the movie, and it was a bad movie, so you're forgiven if you didn't. All right, how about some football? We did talk Alabama, LSU earlier. World's largest cocktail party this weekend, by far the biggest game. Georgia, Florida, Jacksonville, two key questions. Which team wins and represents the East and the SEC title game, keeps the national title hopes alive? And which fan base will have the most drunks fall in the St. John's River on Friday night? <laughs> that is the rivalry right there. Those two questions, because one of them almost always wins the East. And all of them are always annually hammered. I'm going to say that uh, I'm going to say the Gators win both. I've just been so underwhelmed by Georgia's offense this year that uh, I'm going to say I'm going to say Florida wins the game and has the most drunk fans falling around because Florida man, Florida fan, a lot of weird there. <laughs> you want ghosts. Everyone in the Florida athletic department just saw ghosts because oh. Pat just picked them to win. So they know they're going to lose. There's a collective scream from the swamp right now. <laughs> no! Sorry, deep Gator. Gator don't play no shit. You, you feel me? Gator never been about that. Never, never been about playing no shit. Deep Gator is going to get drunk. Executive himself. staff. They listen to the podcast as a team. 
<laughs> yeah, no, that's just that's uh, that's some bad news. I mean, I'm wondering if they're even going to drive up to Jacksonville and go to the game anymore. No, like, they're going to sort of fade out complete. It's going to be the athletic department that falls on the river. They're so drunk, drowning their <laughs> their fears. Uh, anyway, huge game. Pretty exciting. Always a good always a good scene down there, although it's often lopsided. Hoping for a good game. This isn't a great week of games. Can I tell my my cocktail party story? Sure. The last one I covered. It sounds awful, but they blend together after a while. It was sometime in the early 2010s. The last time it was like a really big, a really big game. I think it probably would have been late Urban Meyer time there. It could have been early Will Muschamp time there. You know, walking out of the game in my little suit and tie four hours after the game ends or whatever, waiting through the parking lot, find my rental car, start my rental car, driving out. A minivan pulls up, clearly filled with like overserved suburban parents, and a woman picks up her shirt and flashes me from the back of a minivan. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what to do. I was like, I, I like look away. Do you look back? Do you like like, like it's like dusk at this point? I'm just like, I was just confused. You so. look. That's what you do. You're not even married. That's what you do. You're not even married. <laughs> She's doing? safely behind the safety glass in the minivan. Go ahead. First off, Look. even if you are married, that's not your fault. You didn't request <laughs> exactly. it. I mean, I was just hey, standing there. She was the aggressor there. That's a microaggression yeah. that was Abs- input. Hey, there was no ask you. on my part. I was just trying to head back to the hotel and get dinner. All the times we've done this podcast, you finally breaking out this story? <laughs> what else is she sitting on? The secret <laughs> vault of Pete Thamel. <laughs> Also, big game this weekend is an unexpected one. No one saw this coming at the beginning of the year. Memphis, 7-1, and one, ranked 23rd. SMU, 8-0, ranked 15th. Last year's game was 7-5 to five at halftime. <laughs> Anything is possible because uh, these two teams were horrible for a long stretch. But I guess proximity to talent does it. The American's been a really fun conference. This is a huge game. There's more to come. And what I really like is game day is, is, is coming. To, uh, to be there, and they're not setting up on campus. They're not setting up over at the Liberty Bowl. They're going straight from Beale Street. Tends to close very late. Can you stay up all night and drink on Beale Street, or do they? I think they have a closing, but I'm not sure. I think they do. Um, like for 10 minutes from like 6.50 <laughs> to 7 a.m. Yeah, it's not long. Yeah. You know? It's like last call, clean up, brunch. Yeah. Go. You just got to <laughs> give a be- bartender a bathroom break, let him get some Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Popeyes. They're more of a Popeyes town, I think. They'll do the Sunday thing. Anyway, if you can, do you just go out all night on Beal and try to make it through? Do you do you, do you, do you power through Memphis fan and just get there, keep drinking hurricanes in the street when Corso shows up? If I were a Memphis student, yeah, I'd go for it. I'd be like, look, th- th- we can't believe this comet came through our airspace. We're actually having game day <laughs> at Memphis. I would go for the whole Friday-Saturday experience. No stop, no sleep, and uh, let it roll. And hope you see the Tigers win. But this, this is a good game. I'm, I am very interested, actually, in seeing this thing transpire. And I'm, I'm glad uh, game day sharing the sugar a little bit and, and going to them. Uh, it's good. They were in South Dakota last week. Yeah. Giving some F- FCS love. Did you see the great sign from that one? Said the, the, the last time Corso had been in South Dakota was with Lewis and Clark. <laughs> there was a lot of thanks lovey in the crowd too i think you tweeted that pat at one point that was uh yeah. that was good lovey smith finally adding value in brookings <laughs> that was fitting career uh twist there yeah i do think like like memphis is a town where staying out all night is kind of encouraged so uh they do actually have an excellent chicken place in memphis you guys ever been to gus's oh yeah that's actually my yeah, favorite oh, chicken yeah. place wow yeah right. gus's is strong gus's is really uh Really strong. There's a regional there a couple years ago on the off day. We played basketball at White Station High School, which is like a cool little uh, city school there. And then a bunch of us went over to Gus's and gorged on some uh, fried chicken. And it was solid. No, no, no. I have no knowledge if Gus's has a chicken sandwich right now and is going to enter these wars. But if Gus has entered the war, I'm in. Gus could he could jump in. He's he's not undermanned. Doesn't have enough restaurants (laughs) out there. But the power of Gus's. That is a great chicken. He's got great chicken. I'm, you know, and I'm a fan of the interstate barbecue, which is probably the worst name for a barbecue joint I ever heard of that has great barbecue. <laughs> Better than Rendezvous. I know there's a big Rendezvous cult out there. Uh, we may be losing subscribers, but I don't care. I'm sticking with interstate. <laughs> like they literally. I, I, I'm partial to the Rendezvous rub, I will say. I, I mean, I, interstate's very good. Corky's is good. There's plenty of good barbecue there, but 
I like that rendezvous rub. I had lamb riblets once at rendezvous, and it was one of the better wow. meals I've ever had. Yeah, wow. I love lamb. I'm Albanian. Albanians eat lamb. <laughs> uh, so we had some uh, hate mail on uh, uh, it's claim. Really? Yeah, we had some. Well, I don't know if it's hate mail. It's just actually it was a very polite. Big year for Appalachian State, and they're saying I'm pronouncing mm. it wrong. And yes, every, you are. I, I don't. I, I, maybe I am, but I, I don't know. I, I I grew up in Massachusetts. The damn Appalachians run right through the state. This is how I learned how to say it. Now they're saying it's Appalachian. <laughs> I thought it was Appalachian. It's Appalachian, man. It's latch. it's latch. Lock it in your mind. It's latch. Pete, you were from Western Mass. Did you? Is that was it? Latch. I, I would I would be somewhat skeptical that the Appalachian Mountains actually extend like are the Berkshires technically part of the Appalachian yeah. Mountains? We Hang need on. we need some Going to the Google geography teacher in the Northeast to uh, to 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 come in and uh, and, and and educate us on it's this. The same mountains. Big game Thursday, Appalachian State, as we mentioned on the podcast, hosts a Halloween game in which the entire stands dress up. There are rumors in Boone for the undefeated. Appalachian State team that there will be a lot of alcohol. Hold are on. they putting the the Yosef uh, character on the helmet again? That is the best. I love the Yosef character. Anytime you can get a pipe on a helmet, you're doing <laughs> good work. All right. This from Mass.gov. Ninety miles of the Appalachian <laughs> Trail is in Massachusetts. So wow. they got that now. Dan, you were a Boston guy though, right? Which is nowhere near the Appalachian Trail or the Appalachians. And besides. The, the, you know, what people think of the Appalachian region, they think of the southeast where I live. And let me tell you, it's Appalachian. No, Vermont. Self out of here. What about Vermont? That's not, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, you can't just claim half the mountain range. It's been there for like <laughs> 50 million years. <laughs> Forget that. We won the war. We get to be in the mountains. <laughs> the north. This is ridiculous. Get some picks right if you want to just take a mountain range too, yeah. all right? Bunker Hill. Is Bunker Look. Hill part of it? Beacon Hill? You come down to Eastern Kentucky and tell them how to pronounce their damn mountain range. Go oh. ahead. Drive up the holler. Not hollow. Holler. Drive up the holler and tell them, no, yeah, I'm from Boston. I need to tell you how to pronounce your mountain range. I can't say anything right because I learned how to speak with a Boston accent. It was I used to have the worst accent. I had to get rid of it. I, when I went to UMass, it was the damn state school. Kids made fun of my accent. I was like, what? <laughs> How is this? So I'm, I'm terrible. So maybe I'm saying it wrong. Pete, you grew up closer to these mountains out in Western Mass or South Correct, whatever. I did. So how did That's you learn correct. how to say it? Well, we just called them the Berkshires. Yeah. <laughs> I learned how to pronounce Appalachian State because I went there this spring for uh, spring football when I was at the ACC tournament. Uh, Zach Thomas, salty little quarterback, best player in the uh, Sun Belt. They were my lock of the week last week, by the way, and they covered. Oh, gosh, I can't believe it took that long for you to bring it up. <laughs> usually it's part of Pat's new contract. Five that minutes. Has- by the way, my lock of the week covered again. <laughs> All right. Well, let me tell you what. Whatever you guys are calling yourselves, you got a hell of a team. Really good. good. Yeah. We're good. Good. I talked to Scott Satterfield this week, in fact, who was the coach there who built the team who's now at Louisville, and he – He's very proud of them, but he he knew they were going to be really good this year, and they have been. They go to South Carolina yeah. the following Saturday. So if they win that, they could get uh, get a little uh, conversation for the old uh, the old bowl there, the old uh, New Year's Six. Yeah, yeah, New Year's Six bowl. Um, yeah, I bet they would travel too if they went. You oh. know what I mean? Like th- that 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 is a loyal fan base now. Whew. Somewhere, Armonte Edwards smiles. Uh, let's get to the race for the case. You insist. How'd you do last week, Pat? Same as every other week. Yeah, not so good. Let me give you the uh, the rundown here. I'm not doing well either. I'm 26 and 28. But at least that's, I mean, it's not good, but it's not humiliating. Uh, Pete, <laughs> Pete in good shape. 30, 23, and 1. We got to make some moves here, 40. Yeah, I know. That's what I was trying last week. That's why I made several bad picks. He's up five in the loss column. You are 18, 35, and one. You know, do we really have to go over the numbers yeah. at this point? That's I mean. 17 games under 500. <laughs> Tap 40 is 17 over. So let's do this. 
Oh, Sully picked. Oh, yeah. Sully's got to troll me with this. Liberty is uh, Liberty is giving 21 and a half at UMass, which is their homecoming. UMass is homecoming. I will not be there. No, we, we know that. This we know game, how you feel about this game, the old alma mater. This game <laughs> is on at noon on something called <laughs> Flow Sports. Oh, Flow right Sports. on. I think this is one of those ones where I've like bought bare knuckle boxing on <laughs> one of those. One of those uh, <laughs> streaming. Flow <laughs> occasionally does swimming, so I, I have a soft spot for Flow. Flow Sports. Oh. You. Oh, all right. Swim, swam is there. Yeah. All right. Pass. They, they share a sideline reporter. Uh, <laughs> swim, mean, swam, and Flow. That's flows. a lot of points to be given in a whole. A twenty-one. This is why we shouldn't have a football. What is this? This is humiliating. <laughs> twenty-one and a half. Hugh Freeze. Uh, he doesn't even need that barber's chair, dentist chair. Good God, we're gonna get our ass kicked. <laughs> all right pat who are you picking <laughs> i'm taking the flames man you all lost by 21 at home to yukon last week and we know how bad yukon is so umass has won one game they beat akron everybody else has pummeled <laughs> them i mean it's bad it's bad lost by 35 to charlotte lost by 25 to southern illinois give me the flames baby hugh freeze coaching from whatever the heck vehicle he's coaching from this week maybe standing up by now i've lost track but uh go go liberty there was a uh funny conversation in the in the press box in columbus on saturday if liberty played the astros who would you root for <laughs> <laughs> two of the least likable franchises in modern sports i don't know what sport they'd play but like if they played each other if uh, Jerry Falwell's uninclusive team played the Astros with their just dumpster fire front office, maybe the worst public relations, awful. Everything about the, with Astros was awful. So anyway, we had a spirited conversation, a spirited debate about Astros versus Liberty. That said, this is about football. I'm going to have to take Liberty over. Over Dan's beloved Minutemen. Dan has not donated enough money to UMass to make them competitive with Liberty yet. That's it. He's holding them back. Well, <laughs> I will buy them a linebacker from Detroit if they... <laughs> want <laughs> just cast tech just re oh cast yeah tech. we will go to cast tech or king or somewhere oak uh, oak park Pershing, somewhere right? i will yeah. get you i'll i'll buy it i'll do it so <laughs> now pat is headed to si so he may launch an investigation if a mysteriously a <laughs> five-star linebacker from detroit signs with the Minutemen, but i will deny all i deny this conversation ever occurred well take this as my <laughs> alumni donation umass will win we're rising up on homecoming <laughs> Are you free? Are you going to take him in? Are you going to take him straight up? Not just cover, but win. Free pizza at Antonio's. UMass mm. covers. Wow. Know. All right. Cocktail party. Three thirty on CBS. Florida getting five and a half. Georgia is a five and a half point favorite. What is this? Sully editorializing. Haven't played a home <laughs> yeah. and home since '95, and it's BS. That is it. That is the tweet. What? I don't know. Anyway, bitter, bitter Tennessee fan. Don't want to hear it. Yeah, the bitter big orange out. We'll talk about the teams that matter in the SEC East. Pete, who's winning the cocktail party? Taking the Bulldogs. Go. I'm going to go straight tap on this one. I do think it'll be a pretty good game, but I think Georgia can muster that, uh, muster that five and a half. Yeah, I'm going, going Gators, especially taking the points. Georgia's offense, not good. First half offense, atrocious. Give uh, Florida a chance to hang around, maybe have a lead at halftime and coax it home. Uh, I'm going with Georgia. Kirby Smart coaching starting to starting to concern me a little bit in game coaching, but I'm going to take Georgia on this. I think uh, I, I haven't loved Florida. Flor I thought their best performance was against uh, Auburn. I don't know. Battle also in Florida, staying there. The U is at Florida State. Man, this used to be a game. Holy cow! Ugh. Yeah, there'll be like twelve thousand people at this game. Sad to see <laughs> what has happened here. Florida State is a favorite. Too. Wow. Giving four. 3.30 on ABC. Man, what an epic games those were. The trash talking. Oh so oh many great was players best. on both teams. The great players. Oh, yeah. I mean, Just ridiculous yeah, talent. You had to trash talk and then know like Ray Lewis and, and, and Ed Reed were waiting for you over the middle. <laughs> like it took some courage to trash. <laughs> you know, like, you're going to get beheaded. You know what's great about those games? They genuinely hated each other. Yeah. Like they hated oh, yeah. each oh, other. Yeah. Like, they waited yeah. all year to play each other. 
since Pat didn't listen to the Overreaction Monday podcast, one of the one of the better lines was uh, Teddy Greenstein said to me in the press box. He was like, "You're genuinely mean to Pat when you make fun of him for his picks, and it really <laughs> bothers him." And I was like, "That's a good analysis. We are actually fairly mean to him." <laughs> this is true. Who you got, Pat? And I, and I was very benevolent last year when I was kicking Pete's ass up and down <laughs> and sideways. Barely even brought it up. Kept offering him press bets to come back. <laughs> None of which have been offered to me. Well, who are you picking See, there? We're just conflicted. What's we're the line? What's we're not going to be nice to, to, to you guys. You're, you, you're a quitter. You quit. <laughs> <laughs> What's the number? What's the four. line? Four. If you were paying FSU attention, Mr. Four. Magazine writer, FSU <laughs> is giving four. Give me the Knowles. They're, they're, they're playing a little bit better. Miami is seems like a cauldron of quarterback drama. I know they've had a couple of good wins, surprising wins, beat Virginia, beat Pittsburgh. I don't trust them at all. I really don't trust either team, but I'll take the Knowles. I hate to agree with Pat, but I'm, I'm going to take the Knowles too. The Knowles have actually played okay lately, kind yeah. of, like sort of a little bit. They've been more consistent than Miami. Miami did go up to, to pit and win. I think Miami's really going to struggle to score in this game. And, uh, yeah, I mean, how, how couldn't you trust Alex Hornibrook at this point, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm taking FSU in this, too. So, sorry to be boring. Um, man, I'm just sad about how this game I, – I probably – I'm going to try to watch a little of this game just for, the, just for the fun of it, just for old time's sake. All right, number yeah. nine, Utah is giving three and a half at Washington. Washington home dog, 4 p.m. on Fox. Pete, your turn to go first. Who do you got, Huskies or Utes? Oh, I really like the Utes in this game. I just feel like they've played really well since that Friday night at at, at USC, and their defense has been uh, their defense has been dominant. And this Washington team is just kind of flatlined. There's not a lot of life there. The offense is vanilla. I uh, I, I think Utah can go in and really push them around. I 100% agree, but I have to take Washington because I got to get some differential here to try to mount the thrilling comeback. Uh, no, Utah's played really well since their loss. They 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 have. They've, they're playing that Whittingham formula. They are very good defensively, efficient offensively. And, yeah, Washington, Oof. they've been a big disappointment this year. Big, big disappointment. But at home, as a dog, I'm taking them. Go Huskies. Two Utes taking Utah. <sighs> I'm not betting against Utah the rest of the year. I really like that team. I think that, that, that one could end up being that performance at USC could be one of the most puzzling of the, of the season. Uh, all right, the Beale Street Bowl. Game day's there. Big hype for the Tigers. Big hype for the Mustangs. Number 15, SMU at number 24, Memphis. Memphis is giving five and a half. Vegas doesn't care about your little poll ranking in the AP. Pat, who do you like, Memphis or SMU? If you're going to give me points, I'll take SMU. I've loved this team, love what they've done this year. I think it's a great story. It's been fun to watch. Uh, Shane Bouchelle, a really, really nice young man who got beaten out at Texas and transferred their quarterback. Um, Sonny Dykes, you know, a good personality. Happy to see him doing what they're doing. I like the uniforms with the Dallas script. So the one, my, my pause here is it's their third pretty big game in a row. They beat Temple impressively. They won at Houston, hung on to win there, and now they're at S Memphis. That's back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. That's that's pretty big. Big ask, but I'm, I'm going with the ponies. I'm riding with them. American's a meat grinder, man. It's hard to get through that. It man. is. All right, Pete. Yep. I'm going to take Memphis. The moment is going to be pretty big for SMU. They have 17 grad transfers. They, they are not accustomed to stages of this uh, of, of this caliber. Look, Memphis has been consistently good the last four years under under Mike Norvell, and I think they come up and match the moment. This is going to be one of those one of those wacky American games. That's whatever whatever the over is. Take it. You know, there's going to be a million points scored. They're going to go and put a show. But I really think Memphis's defense this year has uh, has been the difference and. They've been able to find different ways to win games. Adam Fuller has found a way to slow teams down and, you know, give that offense room to run. So I, I think this is Memphis, and they and they meet the moment. I'm taking Memphis. Point spread scares me, but it's going to be a massive day. Huge, they'll sell out Liberty Bowl. It'll be, you know, when you get a sellout of a stadium, doesn't often sell out. Like, it's just such a lift for a team. I, I really like these games in general. It's one thing to 
play at Alabama and it's always sold out. It's another one. You finally have some fans uh, come out for you. So big weekend in Memphis and they'll get it done. All right. Locks of the week. What do we, is anyone prepared for a lock of the Pete? Are you prepared? I am. I am. How about that? Vegas made it easy from this week. Oregon is at USC. Oregon is a four point favorite. I mean, Oregon is going to go there and wax USC. USC's injury riddled on defense, barely came back down 10 to win at a bad Colorado team last Friday. Lakeen Slovis has had a nice year, but I really think this is like a big game that propels Justin Herbert, who has 21 touchdowns and one interception into into the Heisman conversation. And the Ducks need, they know they need to win impressively too with the playoff rankings coming next week. So I just think, you know, people are talking about USC is going to win the South and control their own destiny. That's been a 500 program the last two years. There's just nothing about that program right now that makes me think they can rattle off a bunch of wins in a row. And they aren't that talented in Oregon is. Pat? Uh, Yeah, pondering, pondering, pondering. Um, Yeah, do yours. All right. For some reason, Kansas State and Kansas are playing this week. Yeah, that's weird. Hint, supposed to play at the end of the season. (laughs) Of the many things they need to straighten out with Kansas football, Kansas is getting six and a half. And I know Les has got this little thing going. They're starting to stand up and be counted, but uh, not this time. Kansas State's really good. The riding high. Half the stadium in Kansas will be filled with Kansas State fans. Besides, Kansas only has one stadium maybe on their campus. K-State has two. I got to go with. They got a lurking white figure behind the curtain. Every man a wildcat. That's my lock. Okay. Pat, did you get your act together? Right. You busy with yeah, your yeah, other got work? It together, you got like got human it resources forms to fill out or something? What are you doing? <laughs> he had he had one of the fact checkers do 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 the work for him. We, wheels are coming off this thing like we're the sooner schooner. I'm going in what will perhaps be the most apathetically viewed game of the week. Northwestern at Indiana. <laughs> the Hoosiers are hot, man. They're six and they two. Are. They've got a chance to win eight or nine games. They've revived the program. Nobody cares because basketball's starting, but they, they've really, they've done a very good job. Northwestern is a dumpster fire. They are, as I went through the offense uh, rankings. So I'm going to take Indiana and lay the 11 and a half with the Hoosiers. They're going to get it done. They're going to win, let's say, 21 to 7, 24 to 7, and cover, and I'm a champion. What a world where Indiana's a two touchdown favorite against Northwestern. Or against any Big Ten. Ten Yes, exactly. Wabash. And you're aggressively taking them. What could go wrong? Everything. (laughs) Go get them. Remember, Pat, when we had our old radio show, the year Ohio State was on probation and Indiana had a chance. To uh, to to actually win the Big Ten yeah. East, yeah. Oh my God, I'm forgetting the name. What's the uh, Kev- Kevin Wilson? Was Kevin the coach. Wilson? Yeah, Kevin yeah. Wilson was the coach, and we had a running bet where every time that he won, he could come back on the show, and he yeah. did it. He kept coming yeah, on. Right. Yeah, he's like, great. yeah, I won. I'm back on this week. <laughs> it was going to help recruiting, yep. so maybe we actually spurred this somehow because the. I- I think we did. A lot of coveted prospects in the rivals' rankings were listening to the old What's in the 40 Yahoo Sports radio show. I think that was big. So you're welcome, Hoosiers. That's right. Couldn't have done it without us. That's our show. Appreciate everyone listening. And, yes, we're still intact. Have a happy Halloween and a great week 10 of the college football season. Please share us on social media. Tell your friends about us. Like us. Leave nice messages. And uh, I'm going to work on pronunciation of mountain ranges next few days. We'll be back for the Monday, Monday morning overreaction. Talk to you then. Fan question of the week is that people want to know what is uh, the, your favorite Halloween costume that you dressed up as growing up? I had a Grim Reaper one, and that, that one was outstanding. Um, <clears throat> and back then, it was like... Uh, you didn't have the Halloween store, which incidentally we didn't. That wasn't in town this year, right? Was that the Halloween store here in town? I didn't see it. They they had it the year before, so where you can get some cool skeletons or whatever. Um, yeah, there's all kinds of uh, 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 cool skeletons. The, the ironic thing is, is there's stripper costumes in there. I didn't need, know you needed a costume first uh, to be. To, to be a stripper and yet they have them hanging on the right there on the racks you know when it comes to trick-or-treating and costumes are a byproduct of uh, you know have to help you 
uh, trick or treat. They, you know, they have to help enable the the trick or treat effort. And as cool as that costume looked, and it was outstanding. So I had this whole skeleton face mask, this really cool hood, and even had this uh, this thing that looked kind of like a. It, it didn't look like a sickle, but it was. I was hoping it would. And uh, well, and then the the and I was probably in second grade, maybe. And, ah, son of a gun, my face got all sweaty behind the mask, and I couldn't move, and so it wasn't a good trick-or-treating outfit as cool as it looked. The best one probably was this vampire one. My mom uh, got uh, dye, you know, the dye from the, dyed the sheets black, and um, <clears throat> made this uh, vampire outfit, so I was a vampire. And, uh, but this made this really cool cape out of the sheet, uh, a really cool cape out of the sheet with this kind of bad effect to it. And, um, and so I could move around, you know, could cover a lot of ground, could get a lot of houses, get a lot of candy, had a really cool costume compared to other ones that just had a mask. And then, um, uh, so that was a good one. And then of course that cape came in pretty handy if you needed to all of a sudden, you know, uh, Let's play Batman. If that broke out in the neighborhood, hey, I had a cape all ready to go. And, uh, or if all of a sudden, you know, Dark Shadows was a big show back then, which had, you know, Barnabas Collins the vampire. I was, need Barnabas Collins? Hey, I got the cape. You know, I mean, I was all set to go. And then, so it, you could kind of multitask that cape, and that cape's stuck around for a long time. I wonder if I still have it. Uh, just a little old cape made out of a sheet. But the, um, and then, um, yeah, so my mom was pretty clever about putting that together. Well, then after that, as you get older, then uh, mobility and effort diminishes, and so then everybody's a bum. So about the time you hit, you know, sixth grade or seventh grade, everybody's a bum. What are you going to be for Halloween? Oh, I'm just going to be a bum. Uh, oh, I'm going to be a bum, you know. You may get some charcoal on your face, put up your most rip, put on your most ripped up jeans, uh, maybe put on a pair of hiking boots and a beat up hat, and just go. But then it's just straight uh, candy hoarding. Then, then it's just straight going to houses as fast you can. You know, kid comes up, okay, go ahead and take what you want. So you get a big old scoop out, you know, and just to take advantage of the whole situation. Well, that uh, <clears throat> that is a, a different focus there. But uh, uh, what's the date today, anyway? 28th? 29th, so it's right around the corner. Well, all right, happy Halloween to everybody. Mobility. Make sure you have mobility with your costume. Make sure you can get around. Make sure it's warm enough so that you can get as much candy as possible. And then as soon as you get it, uh, immediately hide it. Uh, because your brothers and sisters will try to steal it, especially older ones. I was the oldest, I know. And then um, uh, and then the other thing is... is uh, uh, you know, make sure the good stuff is, is out of the, the regular stuff, because if they find your stash, you don't want them to find the good stuff. Like the full big Tootsie Roll or like the candy bars, you know, the full candy bar, not those little bitty two-inch ones, uh, you know, that type of thing. So, oh, and then how about the dentist? We had a dentist. He'd give you a toothbrush. That's what you got, a toothbrush with, hey, by the way, uh, here's my dentist's office. Come there. Um, yeah. Do you ever try to take any of your kids' candy when they were growing up? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's why you got to get the good stuff out of there. Because, hey, where's your candy? Where's your candy? Well, eventually you have to give up the candy. But you don't want, like, this, you know, the the whole roll of sprees sitting in there. If all of a sudden Dad's digging around looking at your candy, you know, because that, 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 that all of a sudden that's vulnerable, you know. Or like the gummy bears, you don't want those in there. Um, you know, the good stuff, you got to have it stashed. Did your kids ever figure out you were, uh, you were dipping into the box? <clears throat> yeah, let's see. Well, some flat out didn't care. You know, I had a few kids that didn't totally care about the candy. That and the fact that um, we're, um, depending where we lived, 
sometimes we weren't getting trick-or-treated on that much, so they'd end up with that whole stash we had ready, you know. But when I was growing up, we were in one of those very kid-central neighborhoods, so there's people coming and going all the time. And so, you know, you'd run out of candy type of deal. And then if you ran out of candy, you'd pretend you're not home. And then, um, you know, some would care, some wouldn't. You know, my son would squawk. He, he wasn't uh, quite as generous as the girl. My, my oldest daughter and my son, nothing doing. You know, they, 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 you know, they acted like you never did anything for them when it came to getting a piece of candy out of them. There was a girl that was uh, at Stanford. Yeah, now this is funny. <clears throat> this is funny. She, uh, so my wife was with Pat Chun. So there's this girl dressed like me at Stanford, a Coug fan. Uh, she was dressed like me at Stanford. So then, uh, you know, Pat says, "Can I get? Can I get your picture with this lady?" So Sharon, my wife, gets a picture with the lady that's dressed up like Mike Leach. To this day, I don't think that lady even knows that that was Sharon, that that was actually my wife. So it's actually my wife that, you know. And then, um, now I don't know what they'd have to know. You know, where you'd see a lot of that, <clears throat> we always used to play Kansas State about the time that, um, about Halloween, right before Halloween. And all those frats and whatnot, they'd be out there. There'd be a couple Bill Snyder um, guys that dressed like Bill Snyder. And some would do a really impressive job. And the one thing that he did that all a lot of the other coaches, me especially, but <clears throat> were very jealous of is somehow, and he'd been a Nike, he'd been a, a Nike school for a long time, but somehow Bill had Nike Cortezes. I mean, like, you know, in the 70s, there are Nike Cortezes, which are one of the greatest tennis shoes that ever existed. And somehow, some way, and you can, if you really search for them, you can occasionally get them now, but there was a period, there was a dark couple decades where you couldn't get any Nike Cortezes, period. And um, somehow, Bill always had uh, purple Nike Cortezes. I mean, the white shoe with the purple stripe out there. Nike Cortezes. And I don't know where he got them. I mean, I, I assume he called up Phil Knight and said, here, make me a deal or whatever. And then probably had a whole box of them like Schroeder on Charlie Brown has a whole stack of pianos in there. I'll bet Bill's got a whole closet full of Nike Cortezes. And then um, <clears throat> and, and, and I'd ask him out there on the field. He never would tell me where exactly he got them or how he got them. But um, and I, was, I was extremely jealous. Other coaches were too, and um, and and so the the one that I thought was the best Bill Snyder costume had um, even had the Nike you know had their tennis shoes sorted out like Nike Cortezes with the purple stripe, had the markings on the back, you know, uh, uh, Nike Cortez. So I thought that was pretty observant. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, we'll see what they come up with. There's a kid that did uh, did me a while back. Um, I got a picture somewhere. So, yeah, so good luck to him. I, I don't know. I don't know the best way to do it, you know. Uh, you guys have to sort that. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.